ஒரு <laughs> Uh, it's a very interesting topic. Okay. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmadu wa nusalli ala ala sallim kareem amma abad. So today, inshallah, we'll be uh, discussing this hadith uh, of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said like, uh, uh, I mean, the, his sahabi, the companion, Abdullah bin uh, Amar al-Aras, radiallahu anhu, he quoted Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as saying, my umma will my umma meaning my people the muslims will undergo and experience all those conditions which were suffered by the children of israel in a manner of resemblance in which a shoe of a pair resembles uh, the other shoes uh, meaning like you know the similitude of uh, the uh, history of muslims uh, in, comp- in comparison with uh, with the jews it's uh, is like you know like you have a pair of shoes you know if you kind of put them like at this angle like this you cannot tell uh, which one is right which one is left you know so like that so and we'll we'll go through like i mean so there are like um three parts the one is uh, the history the the rise and fall of the jews and the muslims and then the other thing is the similitude is uh, the deviances you know that led to uh, their downfall and uh, uh, of the jews and then the deviances among the muslim that led to the downfall of muslim so these are two things and then um, i mean even though it's it, a lot of it like you know it's a, like a sim- similar and same like you know whatever Uh, the curb practices the to prevail were prevalent among Jews were also prevalent among the Muslims and it's prevalent still so um, that's another thing and then um, so uh, we'll go through uh, the first part of a rise and fall and the role uh, played by uh, you know the Uh, the personalities uh, among um, among the Jews and among Muslims so we'll uh, go over that inshallah so let's and uh, how many how many yeah. stages are there roughly uh, uh, um so like the the main stages are like three stages like three rise and three fall uh, so far and i think that's the end of it too and but then there are like a small you know ups and downs too like but, uh, but those are like in compared to uh, the major three those are like not that you know big i mean they uh, so we we're not gonna because because there's like time constraint we don't have you know if you discuss all those nitty gritty things it's gonna take like days and days you know so we sounds good so inshallah let's get started so, yeah so the the bani israel like you know the jews their history actually starts with uh, the yaqub alayhi salam you know the jacob 
and um, there, uh, Yaqub had like, you know, 12 children, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, the Yusuf was the 11th and his brother, uh, Benyamin was, uh, uh, was the 12th. So the, those 12 children, they, their descendants are basically the, uh, uh, are the people known as the Bani Israel. So we, um, uh, I mean, like, you know, the Yaqub obviously was uh, the son of Ishaq Ishaq return was the son of Ibrahim al-Islam. And then Ibrahim al-Islam uh, had um, another wife named Hajar al-Islam or Hagar. And whose son Ismail al-Islam uh, from whom the, uh, the descend the, whose descendants are Arabs. And, uh, but the thing is like, you know, for 2000 years uh, among the descendants of Ismail Salam, no prophet came. And the last prophet uh, who did came was Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And um, among uh, the descendants of Ishaq Salam, where you know, the, the continuity of prophet, you had the uh, Yaqub Salam, Yusuf Salam, and then you know, later on uh, Musa Salam came among them. And then um, you know, Harun Islam and Dawud Islam and uh, like many other prophets like, you know, that came uh, among them. So, so uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about first the, you know, the battle, uh, the first battle between, uh, it was the Jews, uh, the Battle of Jericho. Uh, yeah, so um, what happened was like, you know, the, the, after uh, the Bani Israel was, were saved from uh, the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh, uh, you know, uh, at the, when the, uh, the river Nile was separated, they were ordered to go fight. Uh, the, it, it was their first jihad, which were uh, ordered uh, to them uh, and fight uh, against uh, the, the um, I think his name was Jalut. Uh, yeah, the Jalud, right? The Battle of Jericho. So, uh, because the, these were the people who were occupying Jerusalem at that time. And Jerusalem, uh, you know, is, is uh, as known as uh, uh, the land of Ambiya, where uh, many of the Ambiya came, and it's, it's known as, you know, the land of Ambiya. And so, because the Bani Israel were uh, the rightful inheritor of that land and uh, at that time, because, you know, they, they were Muslim, right? So, but because they did not have the control over it, so the Allah ordered them to fight jihad and um, take over that land. But uh, because the Bani Israel at that time were living under the oppressive rule of uh, Pharaoh, so when people live under oppressive rule, they develop certain characteristics. The, the characteristics of um, cowardice, uh, treachery, betrayal, and uh, to being selfish. And these are the characteristics uh, you will find among any oppressed people, like, you know, because, and that, that's one of the main reasons why they are being oppressed, you know, because the, uh, the oppressor, their main tactic is divide and rule, right? So they divide because they, they give favor to some people from the oppressed uh, minority and they put them in a higher position and a power. And just like in our time, you know, you had um, like Barack Obama and under democratic rule, you will find like some Muslim wearing hijab 
and uh, you know, in a position of like you know, secretary and other like you know, position, and then you would find uh, they tend to be the most brutally and uh, oppressive towards you know the other Muslim than the Muslim uh, than uh, what you call the white establishment. You know, so same thing like you know, among the foreign establishment, you you would find Qarun who was from Bani Israel. He was, you know, uh, wealthy. He was benefiting from the Pharaoh uh, administration, so he was more oppressive and more critical of uh, Bani Israel, and he he refused to help the poor uh, people from the among the uh, Bani Israel, uh, despite him being super wealthy. And he is said like you know, he, just the keys of his treasure were like you know, several. Um, uh, uh, like uh, boxes full, so that's how wealthy he was. But despite being that, he was very stingy, very um, uh, like uh, you know, um, uh, what they call uh, arrogant and uh, selfish. So same same characteristic you find like you know, among the, you know, the, for example, in in Britain, like uh, in you whoever uh, get to rule, uh, uh, get to be a part of. Uh, um, the uh, British the yeah, like for example, uh, what says the her name? Uh, the lady who was the uh, the czar of the uh, most uh, pro prevent uh, policy, Sarah, I think. So you know, she was the most uh, critical and uh, more uh, oppressive towards Muslim than the white British establishment. So same thing. Anyway, but going back to uh, the film. So they, um, so what happened, they refused, they, they, they said like, no, oh Musa, like, you know, you and your Allah go fight, we're going to stay here, we're not going to go fight. So they, they refused, so as a punishment, Allah Azawajal make them wander uh, in the wild desert for 40 years, and in that 40 years, Musa Islam passed away, but a new generation uh, was born in the desert, and they had not witnessed uh, uh, slavery and they did not live under oppressive rule so they were free right they were um, courageous they were um, like uh, not like their parents who were coward who were uh, treacherous who were uh, um, what you call a uh, selfish so these were like very different people and uh, change always come uh, f from youth you know so wherever for example you would find um, and anywhere like you know a change come it always led by youth. For example, the Hong Kong uh, protest, like pro-democracy protest, which was against the uh, Chinese mainland authority, were led by the youngsters. You know, the young uh, team majority of them were in between the age of like uh, 13 to 30, 32 years, right? So they were around that age and they were leading the uh, protest against the Chinese regime. And same thing you find like uh, who the majority of the converts in the uh, either United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Europe, you would find they tend to come from either, like in the United States, you'll find yeah, the majority of the converts are Blacks or Hispanics. And from among the whites, you would find either the young whites or poor whites. You would find very rare, minute minority from the established, well-to-do white people who are working like nine to five corporate jobs or working in like, you know, higher up position you would find like rare few 
uh, white people accepting Islam. Why? Because they're benefiting from the status quo, so they don't want to change. So, um, and same thing you'll find in Australia and New Zealand, the majority of the converts are uh, like in Australia, the Aborigines, and in New Zealand is the Maori, the local people. So, uh, so you'll find the same pattern. And that's why like my mom saw some sent a letter to Heracle, who was the king of the Roman empire and who was uh, at that time in, uh, in Damascus or in Syria. So, uh, to become Muslim and accept the authority of Muslim, he inquired like, uh, who are the followers of Muslim? Um, so he was told the followers of Muslim are the young people and the oppressed minorities of the Makkah. So he said, uh, yeah, these are the followers of the Ambiya because he was a learned man, so he knew uh, who were the followers. So anyway, so um, the uh, the young people of the Bani Israel who were born in the Sinai Desert, they were the one who um, took the Jerusalem So uh, in the Battle of Jericho. So the Battle of Jericho, um, like initially, like, you know, over 400,000 uh, Bani Israeli, Israelites, you know, joined um, uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, the battle first uh, under the leadership of uh, Joshua Salam. But uh, because they never fought before, so and then battle re requires like discipline. You know, you you, you cannot be like uh, doing like whatever you want to do. You have to be obedient. You have to be disciplined. You have to follow the order, no matter how much um, you uh, despise that order. So the Joshua Islam gave them command, like you know, we we will be marching towards Jerusalem, but uh, on the way we'll pass by our a river and when you get there uh do not drink and if you do drink just drink like you know a handful of it. so out of over four hundred thousand, uh, like only 313 people uh, uh you know uh, either did not drink or if they did drink they drink just bare minimum so joshua Hassan said like you know only these 313 would join me in the battle of jericho so what that tells you is uh, like, you know, we have like 1.7 billion people, right? So out of 1.7 billion people, the majority of them, if we to put them to test, they're going to fail the test. And that's why you find like, you know, uh, when in the, in the hadith, uh, which uh, which are prophecies about end time, it says like, you know, when the Imam Mahdi would emerge in the end time, out of 1.7 billion people, only... Um, uh, 313 would give bayah to them. And what that, what does that tell you? It tells you that, uh, you know, the majority of the Muslims would just, you know, uh, be uh, like against them. They would be like, you know, making a statement like we condemn this act. We don't, you know, that's not Islam. Uh, you know, we need to be living under the uh, United Nations secular liberal <laughs> order, you know, because their brain was to them like, you know, Oh, the, the majority of Muslims don't even know for the ghusl. They, they don't know, even know the basics of prayer. How can, you know, you uh, you be calling for Khilafah and calling about, like, you know, establishing the Islamic world order and overthrowing the uh, secular liberal world order, right? So, and then the other thing about this uh, 313 uh, who joined the Battle of Sharika from the Israelites is, is an interesting number. You would find the same number of people were uh, in the Battle of Badr, with Muhammad Sallallahu and you would find the same number of uh, uh, 313 people who uh, 
who joined like you know uh, the Z uh, when he stood up um, uh, you know this was uh, during uh, I think like after the time of Imam Abu Hanifa like you know they like 70,000 people first came to join him and uh, and out of 70,000 and they asked him a question like what is your opinion about uh, so he gave the opinion according to the you know uh, the Sunnah, so they didn't like that opinion. And so they, out of 70,000, only 313 stayed with him and the rest just flee. So that, that number 313 is a very interesting number. Like you know, And that goes, example, it, it keeps falling from time to time. Yeah, it's keep happening like, you know, time to time. So, yeah. So this 313 joined, you know, the, um, uh, the Battle of Jericho and they won that battle and they took to Jerusalem and after that Allah Azawajal gave this huge uh, victory uh, to the Muslim or the Bani Israel at, at that time and that led to the powerful first rise of the Jews and they established this like you know um, a very powerful kingdom and whose first uh, Khalifa if you call it, because they had like Ambiya so uh, the first uh, Ambiya was uh, Dawud al -Islam. And then after Dawud al-Islam, it was Suleiman al-Islam. And so, um, so just like, you know, so they had like the three uh, prophets, like Joshua al-Islam, uh, Dawud al-Islam, and then Suleiman al-Islam, right? Three, okay? So just like uh, among the Muslims, you know, you had like uh, three Khulafa, Abu Bakr, Omar, and Osman al-Islam. And then just like after the death of Osman al-Islam, Muslims were divided into the... Um, faction of Ma'abiyah and, Ma and the faction of Ali So same thing happened with the Jews. After the death of Suleiman al-Islam, they, they were divided in uh, two uh, kingdoms, like so the southern kingdom of Israel and the northern kingdom of Israel. And uh, uh, the, um, for example, the, um, uh, the, okay, so they, they were like uh, the, I think, uh, and all three So the ten tribes of Israel refused to accept the the king who was appointed after the uh, death of Suleiman was King Rehoboam. So they refused to accept his authority, right? So and then, uh, so they they established like their separate kingdom. Okay, so uh, the uh, I think the King Rehoboam like uh, was ruling the southern kingdom of Judah. And then the uh, other king uh, was ruling uh, the uh, northern kingdom of Israel. But then what happened? They they continued to exist, and they um, uh, but then like you know as ha has happened like in human history cycle that uh, the uh, the moral decline, the corruption, the intellectual decline, uh, it happened to them as well. So and it it. It took like many years. It didn't happen like overnight, or it uh, it didn't happen like um, like you know in few years. It, it took many years, and then when it when it led to uh, what you call um, uh, the the lowest level, then Allah sent uh, as a punishment to them, and then uh, I think the the northern kingdom was first destroyed by the uh, Assyrian, and then. Uh, and the Basatan kingdom uh, continued to exist. And then uh, uh, I think later on, uh, what you call uh, the uh, Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, he came and he destroyed the uh, southern kingdom. Uh, 
and he killed 133,000 uh, or 150,000 if I remember correctly, 150,000 Jews in one day. And he took rest of the, I think 150,000 Jews as captives. So they lived, you know, in what what is known as era of captivity, and that's where um, Uzair al Islam came among them. And you know, we have uh, his story in Surah Kahf where he um, where he knew that you know the the city of Jerusalem would be reestablished, and then when he saw the the Jerusalem is lying in ruins, so he said like, how could Allah would ever restore this city which is lying in ruins? So Allah made him sleep for 100 years. And then when he woke up, you know, his, uh, I think food was still fresh, but his donkey was basically. Uh, Elitons. Yeah, it, it disappeared, you know, like in the mud. So that, that was a sign to him that, you know, if Allah could bring life and keep, you know, the, the food fresh and then make other things, you know, disappear, then he can he is capable of like restoring the city so he made the um the jews to do the tawbah the repentance and then after that then uh the uh the iranian uh, king uh Osro, i think at that time he attacked the babylonian kingdom and he destroyed the babylonian kingdom and he allowed the jews to go back to jerusalem and rebuild the city and it is said like he also helped them financially because you know they were living in an era of captivity so they didn't have a whole lot of wealth right so anyway so and then that uh, began uh, their uh, the second rise so we had like the first rise and first decline right the, the, the first rise was with the uh, after the battle of Jericho and uh, then you had like, you know, decline where the Assyrians destroyed the, um, the Northern Kingdom and then the um, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the Southern Kingdom. And uh, then, uh, and then now is the, sec- uh, the second uh, uh, rise, it's, it began. It began in uh, 536 BC before Christ. Uh, it was under the leadership of this, uh, the, as I mentioned, that you know the Cyrus. He destroyed the um, the Babylonian kingdom, and then he allowed the Jews to go and establish, um, you know, uh, their kingdom in uh, uh, in Jerusalem. And um, as um, some historians say, it was this um, the kingdom was uh, even bigger than the kingdom of, of Suleiman Islam, but not uh, because the Suleiman uh, Islam kingdom was uh, powerful in a way where he had the authority over jinns. Jinns are like invisible creature; they are like humans, but they're um, not. Uh, they're they're made of uh, fire. They are not made of, of clay like we humans are. And they are invisible and they are capable of like traveling at lightning speed among the space. And they can see us, but we cannot see them. But they are, you know, again, it, it's a whole different topic. Like, you know, you can communicate with them too. So Suleiman Islam used to have authority over them too. So, so his kingdom was different, but in terms of um, uh, the area he ruled, I think was not as big. But then when the, they established the second kingdom, the area they ruled was bigger than the area of the Suleiman al-Islam. So he had uh, more authority, like over jinns, over birds. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, he, he, he knew magic. Uh, he used to uh, collect it. Uh, 
Yeah, he knew magic, but then, uh, like, you know, in Islam, we, we consider, like, uh, magic to be, like, um, like a kufr. Like, you know, it's not allowed. So, so that's why he was uh, commanded to collect the scrolls and all the, scroll all the ma magic. And burn it, you know, like, yep. so, yeah, so he, he did that. And then, um, um, what do you call, um, mm, yeah, and then when he passed away, like, you know, some, some historians say, and then it's also in the, in the, in the other uh, uh, books. Where Eventually, it, the Templars found his scrolls, you know, like, uh, but we'll, we'll go to that topic uh, uh, later on, but it is yeah. an interesting topic. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so going to the uh, the the second uh, rise, right? So that happened after you know they were freed from the uh, Babylonian uh, uh, kingdom. So and then they established the second uh, kingdom, you know, in Israel, obviously because that's the, their um, land, historical land, and then. Uh, they continue to exist, you know, and then same thing happened. Like the human history is full of this. You know, you have uh, the uh, what they call um, hard times create strong men, and strong men creates like you know uh, uh, what you call uh, easy life, and then that leads to uh, uh, the moral and intellectual decline, and that creates like you know weaker men, and we can uh, weaker men create like hard times. So same thing. So after that, you know the uh, what do you call the uh, moral corruption and intellectual decline started on the Bani Israel, and then eventually their um, kingdom was again destroyed, and this happened like after the. Um, uh, Isa salam, you know, and then uh, the uh, Titus Roman II destroyed Jerusalem and he killed 133,000 Jews uh, in one day, it is said, and he expelled the remaining 150,000 uh, Jews. And they were not allowed to visit Jerusalem, uh, let alone settle in Jerusalem. So, you know, that's how um, oppressive uh, it was and that's how uh, brutal the punishment uh, was uh, for the Jews. And Allah and, subhanahu wa ta'ala com commanded them, you know, not to return. Uh, yeah, like, you know, he, as a punishment for their, you know, the rejection of Isa alayhi salam and for their, um, what do you call, arrogance and sticking to, um, like, you know, the corrupt practices that were prevalent. And like one of them was um, they used to lend money on interest, you know, usually. So anyway, and then... Uh, then what happened was um, they like so this happened like you know before uh, like soon after the Isa Islam, which they claimed that they you know they put him uh, on the cross and but we Muslim obviously don't believe that we we think like you know uh, Allah so took him alive and that was a test for um, them so anyway so um, and then uh, what happened was um, uh, yeah, so they were not allowed to visit Jerusalem, and then things changed when uh, Omar bin Khattab uh, took Jerusalem uh, from the Romans. And but the Romans, like as a condition, they uh, because we Muslims took Jerusalem without fighting, right? There were like a siege, and uh, Romans had like you know the uh, predictions, and their uh, scholars knew that this city would fall to Muslims. 
and but they they knew uh, a ruler of the muslim would be um, you know very um the simple man he would not be uh, like arrogant so when the muslim lay siege to jerusalem they did not see that sign so they communicated that so the and this was the, also our our first rise rise of the muslim the first this was rise. the first rise of the muslim yes yeah. under the Khilafah or the leadership of Umar bin Khattab so Umar bin Khattab as a condition uh, uh, he said like well we'll not allow Jews to settle in Jerusalem but we'll allow them to visit Jerusalem because this is also their holy land they you know they we we, we Muslims cannot stop um, uh, the other like the people of the book you know uh, from uh, uh, worshipping uh, practicing their religion. So Umar Khattab like, you know, has give basically um, uh, an uh, exemption and uh, give them some, um, what you call, um, uh, relief basically to come and visit, you know, their holy land. So they came and then, uh, then what happened? This was their second decline. And then uh, they continue to stay in that state, like, you know, decline. But then what happened, wherever Muslims rule, like, for example, in uh, Spain, it just said, like, you know, because in the uh, one of the first prime minister of Israel, Israel um, Ben Gurion, he said, the golden era of our um, diaspora was Muslim Spain, meaning uh, you know, after uh, Titus Roman II, when he destroyed Jerusalem and he expelled all the Jews, they spread out in all different lands, right? So some of them went into Europe, some of them went to India, some of them went to Morocco, Africa, all over the world. So the best time... And the, most, of was, them, most of them, in, in, in modern day, they converted also to, uh, uh, to Judaism. I'm talking about the Hazars. Uh, the Ashkenazi ones, yes, yes, and yeah, the the, the um, from the present day, um, the uh, Georgia and Ukraine uh, part of the land uh, that's where um, the Hungarian uh, kingdom was. Yeah, so but the, no, but the, the, these Jews who were expelled were the um, uh, what they call uh, the Jews of the time of the Musa Islam, and the uh, so they. Um, so they uh, wherever the Muslims rule, like for example in Spain, they. They had like you know they enjoy like really uh, good uh, life you know they they were like they were scholars and they they became like you know the wazir they they were able to have like you know the powerful positions under the Muslim uh, sultans so they but like they were kind of like like as, acting as individual right so they were not like they didn't have like any kingdom or um like established rule of themselves so they were basically working under other uh, you know the rulers right as advisor as a merchant as a scholar uh, as a businessman whatever so their third rise started um where um you know, as a zionist movement and uh, the first idea of like Zionism was uh, circulated by um, Rabbi Zevi Hirsch in 1882. Uh, he he circulated this idea like you know having like a like a Jewish state 
but um, the thing is like this um, the third rise it it, it was, it's like a purely um, it was a purely secular movement it, was, it wasn't like a religious movement like the first rise and the second rise that happened among the Jews right the first rise was under the leadership of the Joshua Islam and he was a prophet like the Nabi of Allah and second like you know the Uzair al-Islam who was also the prophet of Allah but the so, third rise is completely different. It before was, we do the third rise, uh, can you explain a little bit about the decline of Muslim? Uh, if we can relate history uh, uh, between them and us, uh, uh, we had a similar history also and downfall also. Oh uh, yeah, so our like um, so as I said, like you know, our history and the history of the Jews are like similar, but there are some differences. For example. The, the the first rise of the Jews did not happen like right after the Musa al-Islam because Musa al-Islam uh, like was the first Nabi uh, or the prophet uh, of the, the Bani Israel who was given uh, a book of Allah, like the Torah, right? Before they didn't have the book, right? So they, they were just like as of like any other community, but then they were given the book. So when Allah Azza gave them order to go fight jihad, they refused, they did not fight. So they, and, and during that time when they were like, you know, wandering in the Sinai desert, the Musa Islam passed away. So their first rise didn't happen right then. It happened like under the leadership of Joshua Islam. So, but the Muslims first rise happened right uh, in the time of Muhammad Salaam, when he was alive, because uh, the Sahaba, they did not, they, they said like, we're not going to be like the Jews who refuse to fight. We're going to fight. And then uh, because of their sacrifice, Allah will give them authority over the land. Like Muslims, Muslims was able to conquer Makkah. And he took, you know, the Makkah and he established uh, uh, the Sharia, the Khilafah. And then, you know, the Muslims start to spread. East and West, Muslims destroyed the Roman Empire and Persian Empire at the same time. And uh, Muslims were able to conquer area all the way to uh, Spain from uh, present day uh, Saudi Arabia. And in the East, Muslims destroyed the Persian Empire. So Muslims took over the whole of Iran. Muslims took over Afghanistan, went as far as uh, Central Asian countries, the present Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, all these areas. And the, in, the, in the Eastern China, which is known as East Pakistan, uh, like to the local people and what China calls Xinjiang. And uh, Muslims also conquered the uh, present day uh, the Caucasus region, which is uh, like known as Chechnya, Ingushtia, and you know all these regions. So Islam spread like you know the the growth was like explosive, right? And uh, the the the, the Islamic scholar um, uh, like Nadwi uh, Malana Nadwi, he wrote a book what the the world has lost. Uh, after Islam, or I think, hold on, let me see. Uh, I think it's called um, The World Before Islam. I think that's the name of the book. And he talked about like, you know, um, the condition that were prevalent when Islam emerged on the horizon. And it was like same as like our time today, right? The oppressive rulers and unjust uh, world order because at the, the world order of that time was the loyalty to the tribe just like the world order of today is the loyalty to the state, right? They call patriotism, like being loyal to nation. And they spread these, they, uh, the government um, 
uh, payroll scholars, they spread this fabricated hadith uh, like uh, um, uh, love to your nation is part of Iman, which is a fabricated hadith, you know, it doesn't have anything to do because if that was the case, then Muhammad uh, did not have migrated to Medina, you know, he would have stayed in Mecca. He migrated to Medina and he, after Muhammad conquered Mecca, he did not settle in Mecca, he, he went back to Medina, you know, so, but the people who uh, to protect their power and to protect their interests, they they just uh, spread these kind of fabricated hadiths to to pacify the masses, you know, to continue their oppressive rule, right? So anyway, so um, yeah, so they uh, the Muslims uh, like you know uh, that was their first rise, so. And then, uh, like after Musa passed away, uh, uh, the Abu Bakr Khusadiratan became the Khalifa, and then uh, then Umar after Abu Bakr, then uh, Usman after uh, Umar, and then same thing, just like you know, among the Jews after the death of Sulaiman Islam, they were divided into two uh, uh, groups, two camps, two camps. Yeah, so the same thing happened with the. Um, with the Muslims, you have like you know the uh, the faction of Ali and the faction of Muawiyah So and then but then uh, the they become united again, and then they sort of the Islam uh, started to spread, you know, uh, again. So then, uh, so you're going towards the second rise of Islam. Uh. Uh, yeah, but before that, we have talked about the first decline of Muslim rights. So yes. even though the Muslims were divided into the two groups, uh, but Islam continued to spread. But then over a few centuries, you know, the moral decline, the intellectual decline, the corruption, the oppressive, the tyranny happened among Muslims too. Like, for example, um, Muhammad bin Qasim, who uh, was instrumental in spreading Islam to uh, the present-day Pakistan, uh, was known as Sindh at that time, uh, or Hind, and uh, he became so popular that, you know, uh, but uh, people started to kind of like treat him as kind of like a godlike uh, figure because the people of India were like, you know, they were uh, idol worshippers, right? So if anything powerful or anything that bring um, relief to them, they would treat it as like a god-like um, figure, right? So, but the tyrant, the uh, the king, the tyrannical king, they they cannot tolerate any figure like that, right? Because it, it's, uh, they consider it as a threat to their rule, right? So, so the Muslim ruler of that time, he recalled Hamba uh, bin uh, Qasim from the Sindh region, and he have him uh, stayed in the, um, in the like, extreme heat, and he died due to that. So, so they were these tyrannical Muslim rulers, right? So, but then this continued to exist, and then, um, uh, then uh, the first uh, uh, decline or the destruction of Muslims happened, and it happened through the hand of uh, Crusaders. You know, the Crusaders came, and they kill. Um, like you know, millions, hundreds, millions. yeah, hundreds and millions of Muslims, and they took Jerusalem, and uh, then um, because the other thing that is different uh, uh, with Muslim and uh, in comparison to Jews is Jews were like you know 
one race, a monolithic group of people, but Muslims are not. Muslims are multiracial, multicultural, multilingual group of people spread all over the world. So as a warning, because the among the early group of Muslims were Arabs, right? The Muhammad was Arab, the Quran was revealed in Arabic, and the early group of Muslims were uh, uh, Arabic-speaking people. So as a warning, Allah says to them, this is the last ayah of Surah Muhammad where Allah is giving a warning to the Muslim that you know if you turn away from the mission that we have given to you that is you are a representative you are the Khalifa of Allah on earth if you to misrepresent Islam with your actions Allah will replace you with the people who will not be like you and they will love Allah and Allah will love them and that's what happened the Arab Muslims lost Jerusalem and um, but the Muslims who took back Jerusalem were not Arab it was Salahuddin Ayyubi who was a Kurdish Muslim he was not an Arab he um, he well, some historians say he did not even speak Arabic so he he was a Kurdish so he took Jerusalem back so same thing as the ayah says, like, you know, if you to turn away from the mission we have given you, Allah will replace you with those who will not be like you. So that happened. <clears throat> so that was the first decline. And uh, then um, after uh, the, the after that, then the sec second rise, uh, the upward movement uh, began among Muslims. And that was like, you know, with, as I said, like the Salahuddin Ayyubi who defeated the Crusaders and he, you know, took the Jerusalem back. And then again, uh, the same, you know, the curb, the moral decline, the corruption uh, and, you know, oppress, oppression and tyrannical rule. Uh, and then the spread of in, know, infighting, infighting and grouping and uh, assisting uh, the Kufar against fellow Muslims. And taking sides, you know, uh, with the kufar uh, to fight a, a few fellow Muslims that happened. And, and don't forget the Crusades, you know, like, uh, and again, you know, notice uh, it was the Romans, you know, this time being Christian, who did most of the damage to us. Yes, yeah, that's true. And it, it's just like, you know, the uh, the Romans who destroyed the um, the Jewish kingdom before, and they they destroyed uh, the Muslim, uh, you know, the Khilafah again. So with the second, uh, with the second decline, the the peak of it happened when the Mongols just started attacking uh, uh, the Muslim lands. You know, you, they started like I mean, they, I mean, the interesting fact here is that like uh, the the destruction that happened to the Jewish kingdom were happened by the people who were living in close proximity to them. For example, the Assyrians were living just north of the, you know, the Northern Kingdom of Israel, right? And the Babylonian Kingdom was also like not far. It was just Iraq, right? And Iraq is not far from uh, Bilad al-Sham and, you know, Jerusalem is like very close. But with the Muslims, the the people who came to destroy Muslims came from far away, like the Mongols, right? You know, they came all the way from Mongolia, 
and they started taking lands like from Central Asia to uh, Iran to uh, uh, to Iraq, you know, and so they went all the way to like uh, you know the Sham. And and, then, and, and uh, Muslims they knew about this the incoming invasion, but they yeah, did nothing. Yeah, they did nothing. They they were like you know negligent. They remain um, busy with like you know like the 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 silly arguments and then uh, collect uh, collecting gold, collecting golds and hoarding golds and uh, diamonds and jewelry, and uh, where the 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 masses were like extremely poor, and the rulers and the elite class were like you know ex extremely um, wealthy. And yeah, same thing yeah. is happening right now. Yeah, same thing is happening. Yeah. Like you, know, you yeah. have the extreme uh, wealth in UAE, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and then you have the extreme poverty in Afghanistan, in uh, in in Asham, in uh, in Egypt, and you know, in much of the Muslim land, you see like you know the extreme poverty, and then you have like you know the extreme wealth centered in the, like in, in the hands of like few people who serve and protect the uh, Western colonial interest. You know. So same thing, uh, like they, um, so the Mongols destroyed um, uh, the Muslim lands and they, they, they kill uh, Khalifa Mustafa Billah. And, uh, uh, but then this, the, this the, then a strange thing happened to them and this never happened before where the um, the invader embraced the religion and culture of the conquered people. So the Mongols became Muslim and they, they not only became Muslim, they started to uh, become a vanguard of Islam. They, so you find like, you know, the empire, like the, the many empires emerged from them the Mughal Empire, the Ottoman Empire, and many other like, you know, small empires. So from uh, 12th century onwards, uh, up until uh, the 17th, 18th century, 18th uh, decline, century. Of the, decline of the Mughal Empire. Yeah. So they became, you know, the vanguard of Islam and Muslim. So that happened. And this never happened before in the history of mankind. And this, like, you know, the, the phenomenon of Islam is very amazing. And you... Uh, the more you read about it, the more you're like amazed and like you know uh, the 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 hidayah like of Allah is like an amazing thing, you know. And he he give guidance to whoever he wills, and he misguide to whomever who wills. And I was reading one pupil um, about the Muslims in America, where twenty percent of Muslims, you know, they don't really believe in God. The the children of the immigrants here, because they don't have like that attachment the emotional connection with islam like their parents did so there were 20 percent of muslims were like that but then the 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 converts who replaced those 20 percent like who don't believe in god are 20 percent so you have like the 20 percent born muslims who don't want don't feel like any kind of emotional connection with islam and who are like kind of agnostic or atheist and then you have like 20% converts. Uh, I, I see where you're going with that. Uh, it's always, you know, like what Allah has promised uh, that uh, he will replace if someone... Yes. Same thing, and it's happening, you know, and it, it, it's repeated over and over, like, you know, you, and uh, 
you would find like, you know, whenever like Muslims become like uh, heedless and uh, quarrelsome and uh, like argumentative and uh, leave the command of Allah and become like selective, you know, they follow just the rituals of Islam and they ignore uh, the jihad fees of Allah, they ignore the obligation of establishing Sharia and establishing Khilafah, Allah replaced them with other group of people a lot of time it's converts who first kill the Muslim in large number and then they become Muslim and then they establish Khilafah and the Sharia of Allah and that's uh, amazing I mean, and so and that's the stage we Muslims are right, right now so so yeah, so that's the second rise. And then uh, we uh, we are talking about now the end, you know, right? Because like we are all living in the end uh, of time. So the, so before we go to the, the third upward movement that has started among Muslims, let's go uh, talk about a little bit about the third upward movement among the Jews. And that is uh, the Zionism. It was the Rabbi uh, Zewe Hirsch who floated the idea of, uh, uh, you know, um, Zionism. And then it was taken over by the uh, Jewish banker like Theodore Hulls and many other, you know, the prominent bankers. And they, uh, you know, established some guidelines and they said, like, you know, they what they wanted to achieve. And everything since then, like, you know, when the first conference uh, of, of Zionism that happened uh, in uh, the city of Basel, Switzerland. It was originally scheduled like uh, to happen in uh, Frankfurt, Germany, because that's where a lot of the Jewish bankers were based at. But because a lot of the Jews uh, were uh, profiting, benefiting from this status quo, and they were living a lavish life, and they don't want it to, um, uh, they don't like the idea of Zionism, just like the Muslims of today, living in the West and in like, you know, um, in other parts of the world who are benefiting from status quo, they don't like the idea of Khilafah of having to overthrow the secular liberal UN-based world order and establish Khilafah because they know that means a lot of uh, fighting, a lot of suffering, a lot of, um, you know, bloodshed of uh, the Muslims. So same thing, the, the Jews who are living uh, in the you know, uh, in Germany, in much of Europe, they don't want it to have to be forced to migrate to Jerusalem, right? So that's why it is said uh, allegedly by um, uh, uh, the uh, the Israel-based journalist named Max Blumenthal. He said uh, he revealed this that um, Tudor Hulls in his um, personal diary wrote that it is essential the the suffering of Jews becomes so severe in Europe that it becomes intolerable and they would have no choice but to leave Europe and migrate to Jerusalem and our best friends will be anti-Semites the um, you know the Nazis of Germany and Nazis of Poland, Ukraine, and other places. So, and it's it's documented. Like for example, in a book, like I think it's called uh, "The Blood Never Run Dry." I think is the name of the book. And and I just want to 
stop you there and just uh, point out something similar is happening right now in, in Ukraine, uh, where uh, Israel is supporting the neo-Nazis uh, over there, especially the, I forgot the uh, the brigade's name, you know, like they're essentially Azov, neo-Nazis. Azov yes. Battalion, Battalion, yeah. Yep. So they they finance, you know, the, these bankers because running a, like, you know, an election in a, in a democracy is not a, like a what do you call a street guy's job you know you you need a lot of funding you need constant funding and it is said it is very well documented like you know the the jewish bankers finance um the hitler's elections and um he came to power and the goal was like the suffering of jews become so severe that they would flee europe to uh, israel and because and it is understandable, you know, because let's say like, you know, you and I are living in the United States, we have a house, we have a car. And if you ask me or you like, okay, go uh, to Afghanistan or go to um, Syria or, you know, other places where Muslims are under oppression, they're under sanctions, the living conditions are horrible. And there's no clean water. There's no, you know, like what do you call um, a covered toilet? You have like one toilet for like 10, 15 people. We're not going to go. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going. <laughs> the only only way you would go is if, uh, if your life becomes so miserable and so intolerable that you, you cannot bear it. You know, you go like anything but here it's fine with me you know so that's why this whole um holocaust thing happened that was basically to pave the way for the well-to-do jews living in europe to be able to go to israel which was surrounded by hostile arabs who hated you know and does not like the presence of jews i mean they they like the presence of jews so long as they're visitors but not if they come and take over their land, like for example, this uh, Jewish organization named Aragon, which went on to become the core of IDF Israeli Defense Forces, they were like you know military organizations. They were involved in like a lot of uh, bloodshed, like bombing, terrorism, and terrorism, and it's very well documented. They even bombed like a lot of British interests too. You know they were investigated, but it is all part yeah. of history and is very well known. So same thing happened, right? You know, so so that was their third rise, and this is their final uh, destiny, you know. And they believe like they are living in end time, just like we Muslims. And so our third upward movement after these colonialism is started uh, right after you know these uh, what do you call post-colonial era. So all these Islamic upward movement emerged. At the same time, so you had in subcontinent Jamaat Islami in the Arab world, you have like Juan al Muslimin, you know, and uh, all these movements, you know, they they emerge at the same time, and you have um, like I think um, a revival of uh, Islam, Islam, people yeah. think, thinking, Alama Iqbal's uh, philosophy, they all emerge at the same time, and the whole goal was to establish Islam as a social, political, economic, and justice system, not Islam just uh, as a ritual. Like, you know, you have masjid, you go pray five times a day, you eat halal food, you go hajj, and, you know, when you die, 
instead of you know you you're uh, like your body burned your body is buried you know with the rituals and then you marry you do nikah so just few rituals right so that's all that is left of islam you know the the islam as a social party economic and justice system is is uh, like you know absence from the public spheres for like almost 100 years the 1924 when the khilafah was officially established but it was i mean demolished and uh, but it was demolished way before but it was still symbolically existent you know but that's gone but then you have all these you know the post khilafah uh, the the muslims like you know these scholars and muftis whose sole focus is just about like uh, like the fiqh of uh, like wudu, fiqh of ghusl, fiqh of divorce, fiqh of marriage, that's all they discuss, you know. <laughs> Their entire emphasis is just on that. They don't talk about Islam as a social party economic system. So it was these Islamic revival groups, you know, like the Jamaat Islami, Juan al-Muslimin, all these groups, they emerge and they say like, you know, we need to go back and establish our system the Islamic system. So, but then what they did was they they did not took the um, revival idea from the Islam or the Islamic history, but they adopted this uh, idea of like electoral politics, you know, like, so you have the Muslim Brotherhood participating in elections and you have the Jamaat Islami participating in elections and same thing in Indonesia and Malaysia, the, the Islamic parties over there they participate in elections, but then, you know, over time, because in electoral politics, like, you know, you have this, like, blame game, like, calling names and insulting each other, and then corruption, all that happened, and then that destroys the whole um, movement itself, you know, so, and that's what happened to Muslim Brotherhood in the Parable, that's what happened to Jamaat Islami, which basically kind of, like, doesn't even exist, you know. Like no, it just disappeared. Slogans, yeah. Other than slogan, because their last um, charismatic leader of Jamaat Islami was um, uh, Qazi Hussein Ahmed, and after that, Jamaat Islami is basically like you know just they exist on the paper, other than few symbols, and they don't even call like even their slogan right now, like Islam is a solution. It's gone, you know. They don't even call that anymore because it's just uh, that politics is just. Uh, disappear now and then but then what happened was the the jihadi groups emerged. you have the al-qaeda al-shabaab you have um you know the uh, what you call the islamic group for combat and preaching in algeria uh, in tunisia they all emerged and then they did not embrace this idea of like uh, what you call um electoral politics at all they, they say like, well, the only way Islam can come is through, you know, jihad. And they become successful because as a, as a like a, what do you call the oppressive colonial uh, policies the West have ad- adopted towards uh, the Muslim Brotherhood and towards, for example, Mohammed Morsi, who won election by a huge majority in Egypt. He was overthrown by a... Uh, uh, Western, uh, like trained uh, military generals of Egypt, who got their training at the Sandhurst Military Academy in England. Yes. Sisi. And he, he, uh, he was a, a, the subordinate of Sisi. He, oh, okay. Uh, 
he had that training at the Sandhurst Military Academy in England. And he played uh, an instrumental role in overthrowing Sisi. And uh, after he, the Sisi was overthrown, he was put in jail. He died in jail. And like, you know, the, the West talk about like the, the rule of law, the rule of democracy, all that. And when Sisi was overthrown, no sanction was put in place against Egypt. And uh, the, the regime of Sisi was um, like, you know, like recognize immediately, unlike the, the the Taliban who took over Afghanistan, they are not recognized by nobody, you know. No one. They say like, you know, they, they did not come through election. Oh, well, CC did not come through election, but because CC is protecting the uh, Western interests and he is a friend with Israel, so he's recognized immediately. But whereas Taliban, they they are of like no interest to um to the western powers so they are put under sanctions and they talk about like oh they're against the eagles education they're against like you know human rights all that so what about like you know what uh, the rights of those who were sent to Guantanamo Bay who are like they're still a close to 38 uh, prisoners in Guantanamo Bay who are languishing there without any uh, trial without any due process but uh, nobody talks about that. But they, 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 uh, the CIA-backed militia who carried out like the horrendous crime in Afghanistan by um, like militia, like uh, the uh, what they call overnight it, raids, post protection force KPF, and the NDS zero one zero two zero three units. They, they, they carried out the worst. Uh, imaginable human rights violations, and nobody talks about that. And then uh, Mike Pompeo even threaten the ICC from like you know uh, uh, like pro like uh, like uh, to like that if they try to open a investigation case against you know uh, the CIA or American military force he's gonna prosecute them and you know he's gonna <laughs> uh, you know uh, uh, what do you call uh, take action against ICC so anyway so uh, they so the so the, the jihadi groups, you know, the like a lot of the Muslim masses are gravitated towards them because they see the uh, hypocrisy of the West, you know, because they are like disappointed with the electoral politics because they see like they they're not gonna go anywhere because the West does not recognize the Islamist uh, political parties. Like that's what happened in Algeria when they won election. The secular military of Algeria they overthrow the um, the Islamist uh, political party and that's what happened to um, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood like with uh, Mohammed Morsi uh, and then you know so the Muslims see like the only way you can establish Islam is through um, jihad through um, uh, uh, through military means because the West only understand for that's what the majority of Muslims think you know and that's why you find the Muslims have basically gone away from military politics. So the slogan of like, you know, the Islam is the solution from the uh, Muslim electoral political parties have disappeared from the horizon. So now the only way Muslims see like, you know, you can restore Khilafah and the Sharia is through Jihad. And that's where we are at now. Well, thank you. Thank you, that's uh, quite interesting. And, um... And as we can see, you know, what's going on in current politics, uh, may Allah help us. Yeah, I mean, like, as of, like, you know, we, we, uh, these are, like, very interesting times we are living in right now. 
and we see like you know the the war on terror has just ended and the west is like right now focused on uh you know the russia but as allah says says you know um in a, uh what you call um surah bakara If it wasn't for Allah that he checked one group of tyrannical people by means uh, or by the might of other group of people, there would have been corruption on the land. So that's what is happening, right? Because the Muslims, we are very weak, right? We are like considered as like what they call a third grade military power, you know? So we are not like... Uh, like in no way, even though like Turkey is bragging about like the, the Bayraktar TBT drone, but Bayraktar TBT drone is operating in an environment where the, uh, what you call the EW system, the electronic warfare system is not that effective, right? But if we, if Turkey's Bayraktar drone is to compete with the Western, I think, uh, electronic warfare system, I think it, to stand no chance so uh, yeah. our, our military power is no match to the western power so with the with the conflict with russia and ukraine eventually the west will you know have to be dragging and then they will destroy each other's might and that will allow muslims to uh, establish their authority you know and that's what we are seeing right now because you see uh, there's a, like talk of like insurgency emerging in Central Asia and Chechnya and other places, right? And it, even in Africa, because Africa is a huge importer of wheat from Ukraine and Russia. And there are like talks of like, you know, the uh, shortages. Uh, yeah, food shortages and uh, the, the Western bad government being overthrown, you know? And that's what we see like, like in Mali, in Somalia, you know, and other places. So, and if, you know, if like my sheikh used to say, if Allah wants something to happen, he will create the means for it. So these two oppressive pharaonic powers are fighting each other and in, in the process, they are destroying each other's military might. And that's what happened. Like, you know, the Pentagon just assessed that uh, Russia has lost a lot of um, firepower, you know, and it just, in the report just today that over 40,000, um, Russian soldiers have lost, and they, when they say lost, they are including over fourteen thousand killed, killed, and then rest uh, either uh, injured or uh, captured. Uh, so yeah, that's where we are at now. And then this is like you know, inshallah, lead to uh, Muslims establishing their rule as Islamic world order because the hadith says like you know, the Muhammad said like. Uh, Khilafah will remain with you so long as Allah wills, and then Allah will take it away, meaning of Muhammad Sallallahu will depart from this world. And then there will be Khilafah, meaning there will be Khilafah under the uh, the footsteps or following the footsteps of Muhammad Sallallahu which was the rule of Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, and Ali Sallallahu Alaihi And then Muhammad Sallallahu said, like, it will remain so long as Allah wills, and then Allah will take it away, and then there will be uh, 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 what you call um, the uh, oppressive kingdoms, you know, Mulkan uh, Azan, you know, then it will re remain so long as Allah will. These are the rules of Banu um, Abbas, uh, Banu Maya, you know, these were like oppressive Muslim rulers, and Allah was like, they, it will remain so long as Allah will, then Allah will take it away. And then there will be Mulkan Jabri, and meaning 
the uh, the slavery rule, like you know, you become like like kind of like uh, helpless when the colonials came. You know, the the French, the British, the uh, uh, the Dutch and you know uh, the French who, who colonized the Muslim part of the world, and most of them like it will remain so long as Allah wills, and then Allah will take it away, and then there will be khilaf al So the colonialism, it the direct colonialism ended, but the indirect colonialism still exists because the when the British, the French, the Dutch, when and the Spanish when they colonized the third world country, they did not leave or did not give the independence to third world countries until they make sure they put in place a group They're of puppets. people, a group of people who think like them, who talk like them, who act like them, and who uh, stay there to protect their interests. And that's what we have been seeing past 200 years uh, yeah. up until now. Uh, actually, like, 70, 80 years because the the post-colonial era basically began after World War II. You know, before that it wasn't that. So it's like less than 100 years. So, but it's coming to an end right now, and we see like you know the um, there's a, like mass awareness, and then this conflict that's taking place in Europe is actually gonna be a final uh, nail in the coffin of the secular liberal world order, inshallah. So final thoughts on what's going on in Pakistan. I know uh, uh, in two days, Friday, you know, there's a major vote going on for Imran Khan. And I know this is a little bit off topic, but I wanted to ask you about this. Well, I mean, they, uh, what do you call, um, there are like a lot of a speculation. I mean, like I saw one guy who is like kind of connected to the intelligence, you know, um, and he posted that, you know, the uh, Imran Khan will be overthrown and uh, some religious, symbolic religious figure like the Maulana Fazlur Rahman will put in place. And he he will basically uh, allow the, the like, you know, the, the Taliban sympathetic uh, masses in Pakistan to put some... Uh, some Sharia uh, laws in place, you know, like an overthrow the secular, uh, like a camouflage or the secular cover that Pakistan society have right now. But uh, we will know by the end of Ramadan, like, you know, what's going to happen. But I think by then, a lot would have been changed by now. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Jazakallah khair. Thank you very much. Uh, mm -hmm. So we'll end uh, today's session uh, right over here. Uh, again, uh, you can find us on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, we'll have the links uh, on the bottom. Please leave us a comment and we'll be back next week, uh, same day. Uh, thank you, Miraj. Uh, very interesting, very good topic. Uh, uh, we we went over over time, but I, I kind of like it. You know, we, we covered yeah. lots of uh, lots of things. Yeah. All right. Inshallah, see you next week. Right. Inshallah. No, Inshallah. Wa alaikum as